Uh, this is Lindsey Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Weekend Review podcast for Friday, October the 30th. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about the latest coronavirus news, the Arkansas Supreme Court's ruling on highway funding, and what it means for the 30 Crossing Project. And of course, next week's election, including uh, another gloomy Arkansas poll. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. Afternoon. Let's start, as we usually do, and talk about uh, COVID-19. Our hospitalization numbers are continue to be bad. In fact, they're among the worst in the country. We also have, uh, I think, uh, among the highest number of uh, state lawmakers who've been infected by the disease. Yeah, what are we up to? Ten current active cases? Or that may count the budget director and the correction department director at the legislature. But but there's been a big outbreak. Doesn't look like anybody's real seriously sick. I hope not. That's the case. But it's still with a special legislative session coming and supposedly supposed to be in the middle of budget hearings now. It's a, it's a problem. And they're putting up plexiglass screens in the House chamber and making plans for keeping people apart. But, you know, I... I, 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 yesterday they had a political rally in Benton. They had a couple today for Republican candidates. And, and you know, you can just tell people don't want to wear masks. And, and that's, that's not the only way to reduce uh, transmission of the disease. But it's one, one contributing factor. Social distancing is another. And, you know, they had a, they've had a number of these events where a lot of people get together in one room. And so stuff happens. I I think the saddest thing this week was reading about a a church meeting, I guess, was it in Texarkana that turned into a super spreader event. You know, he said, we urge everybody to wear a mask and maybe some of them did. And yeah, it's a terrible thing. And I guess we just didn't take it seriously enough. And that, I thought that kind of encapsulated the Arkansas experience, really. Okay, well, let's let's leave it there for, for COVID this time. We'll keep it short and sweet and move on to, by my lights, at least, what the, the big news of the week was, and that was the Arkansas Supreme Court's uh, ruling on uh, highway funding. And boy, was I surprised. Although the Arkansas Supreme Court has been sending many signals in the last year that they're just going to be as literal as they possibly can be. If, if the words say something, they're going to stick to them. This is this is upended the whole case law as it pertains to sovereign immunity in Arkansas, which is the ability to sue the state. Uh, it was used to strike down two constitutional amendment drives because of a, a really literal technical reading of a statute that wouldn't work anyway on, on background checks on petition gathers. But anyway, so this week they received the appeal of a lower court decision that, that yes, it was okay for the highway department to use the 2012 temporary tax increase to contribute money to the interstate 30 project in Little Rock. Well, the ballot title for that <coughs> amendment and, and, and 30 other times during the amendment, it said this tax was for a four-lane road program in Arkansas, which, and I think in a lot of ways, it was meant to build four-lane where they don't currently have four-lane. Well, the problem in Little Rock is 
and a taxpayer lawsuit challenge it is, is it's not a four-lane high. It's already a four-lane highway. They want to expand it to 10 lanes. And circuit court said, oh, you know, what they what they really mean here are just highways, and so it's okay. And, and, and I think it was a good faith ruling on Chip's part, but the, the Supreme Court in the six-to-one decision said, if they wanted to make it six lanes or 10 lanes, they should have said so. If four lane means four lanes to us, and that's it. Now, there was one dissent, at least as to the I-30 part of it, and there are two parts that are covered by this ruling, both the Interstate 30 project, which is a billion-dollar project, and then the Interstate 630 widening project from downtown out to West Little Rock, which is already completed and cost $90 million. But... Rhonda Wood found a way. It, this is what I thought. She she wrote an opinion that I thought the court was going to do. They were going to find a way around the plain language, and she said, "Well, you didn't cover bridges, and they need to, you know, you didn't make that four lane restriction on bridges, and it'd be an absurd result if you said you can build a bridge but you can't build the connecting roads." And so she came up with some cockamamie excuse for it. And I really thought, given the Chamber of Commerce backing of this project and the construction industry backing this project and the highway commission backing this project that they'd find a way to find a loophole on this but i was just wrong i mean and it was a great opinion by joe hart and she also took rhonda wood to task and a footnote for for coming up with this cockamamie alibi well and it was a seven to zero decision on the uh fact that the spending of this sales tax money was illegal on the interstate 630 widening well, so now what we have is a mess. They were going to get $450 million from the temporary sales tax to build this billion-dollar project in Little Rock. And they were counting on an additional money, I think about $350 million over time, from the new sales tax if Issue 1 is approved by voters. Well, they can still get Issue 1, maybe, but they can't get any of this money some of which they've already spent and they're going to have to repay uh, out of the temporary sales tax. And they're going to have to make good the four-lane highway fund for the money they spent out of it on the Interstate 630 project. All of this is going to become the subject of court hearings as it goes back to Chip Welch's court. But in the meanwhile, they're in, they're just in a pickle. And, and I think Richard May is a lawyer in a federal lawsuit challenging the environmental impact statement on this billion-dollar concrete ditch, said he just doesn't see how they can move forward with this project uh, under the current financial circumstances. One of the things that happened today was is that this the committee that was formed to oppose Issue 1, the, highway, the permanent highway sales tax, said that this shows that the highway department isn't fit to manage money. It was a bad idea to take all this money out of the temporary sales tax. It should have gone to road maintenance around Arkansas and put it in an Ar a Little Rock freeway project. This, this decision just doubles the unfairness of how much money is going to have to be spent by the state on this, this highway project. I really think they need to go back to the drawing board on this. I know they're going to have to replace the bridge over the river, but this is a catastrophic outcome, and there really isn't any way around it. They're, they're, they're not going to get the Supreme Court to back off the 6-1 decision, not even with Doyle Webb's wife on board next year. So uh, it, it was good. I opposed the project through Little Rock because I think it's damaging to the community and provides little benefit except to 
get suburban commuters home a couple of minutes faster, maybe. And so I was happy about it, but it's uh, it was a sho- it was a shocker. <laughs> it, it really was. Well, they, I mean, they've already they were doing this as a design build project, and they've already started some work. Oh, they've started a lot of work. In fact, they put out a notice three hours after the Supreme Court decision came down, saying they're going to be big traffic screw ups downtown because we're going to have to close some access roads this weekend to do some of the preliminary work and. And the news release said uh, said it was being paid for by this temporary tax, which it ain't anymore and is not going to be. And then they also added a sentence in the news release saying, oh, don't worry about that issue one. We'll, we'll build this project with or without issue one. Well, you know, there's some some uh, I couldn't believe they put out a news release written that way with the amount of uncertainty at a minimum that now exists over this project. But that's the arrogance of the highway department at work. And, and I, I think the notion of that the polls show that they're going to pass this issue one to give them 300 million more dollars a year to spend how they want to spend. I mean, if there, if there was ever an illustration of why they don't deserve that kind of confidence, it was a Supreme court decision yesterday. All right. Well, uh, let's let's talk about what's on everybody's mind, and that's uh, the election coming up on Tuesday. Um, I'm scared <laughs> to death. <laughs> Are you sleeping? Not very well. No, I, I'm not. I, I wake up at night and I just start stewing about it. And there, I mean, there's not a thing I can do about it. I mean, it's it's out of my hands. In fact, I mean, to a great degree, it's already decided because early voting has been so phenomenal everywhere they've already voted more people in texas than they voted in the entire election of 2016 so and what i forget where arkansas's early vote i I, I checked the numbers just a few minutes ago and there's a website that tracks it and it seems like we're up to almost seven hundred thousand votes or over maybe over seven hundred thousand and we voted about 1.1 million in 2016 so we're near the 70 percent level and we've still got three days of early voting to go plus however many more absentee ballots come in. I think we've probably seen the bulk of the absentees, but there's still 20,000 that have been requested that are out. So there's still more of those that could come in too. And, you know, it's uh, in Texas, great news uh, that I just saw a figure this afternoon that the 29 and under voter segment has voted 700,000 votes in early voting in Texas against 100,000 in that group at the same point in 2016. Well, 600,000 additional young voters in Texas, that's got to be good news. In Arkansas, the uh, young early voting's up a little bit, but uh, six or 7,000 votes, but the huge increase in early voting in Arkansas is coming at age 65 and older. And I'm, I'm sorry to say that although they say nationally that older voters have lost they were real they really favored trump in 2016 and they've lost some of their enthusiasm because they're all dying from coronavirus uh but i I just think in arkansas that heavy older vote is not good and 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 one of the reasons i say that is the arkansas poll that was released this week by the university of arkansas's 22nd poll and it's it's you know it's usually pretty good usually pretty accurate said that 65% of the vote in Arkansas was going to go to Donald Trump, which would be even more than 2016. And a big part of that 
big factor in that was is the poll oversampled unintentionally. I think older people, that average age of the, the respondent of this survey was 64. So you had an older group of voters and they apparently really like Donald Trump still. I mean, why, why you like somebody who is so cavalier about your, your well-being, I do not know, but that's Arkansas, I guess. So I, I, I'm just not sure. I, I, I really don't think the numbers will be as bad in Arkansas as that poll showed adjusted for more normal demographics. They also undersampled African-Americans. But Trump's going to carry Arkansas. Tom Cotton is going to be elected over the Libertarian. Uh, well, that was another interesting uh, data point that that they had is that- yeah, seventy-five to twenty, and, and and in a sense, I mean, I think in in, in my cluster in, in Pulaski County, where Tom Cotton is just so reviled, you could talk yourself into a thirty to thirty-five percent vote for Ricky Harrington, the Libertarian, but. Statewide, probably not. I mean, I don't know. I still hope he gets thirty percent, just as just as just because. But anyway, that was depressing, and and also the votes on uh, you know there was an overwhelming vote for the issue one and issue two, the sales tax and the abolition of term limits. And although it does look like there's a strong negative view on the the petition killer amendment, although the Farm Bureau and the Chamber of Commerce are coming in, spending some big money to try and get that passed. So I don't know. I mean, just that, that look in Arkansas. The big question is the second congressional district. And I, I looked at some of the demographics. I mean, the, the Republican early vote, according to this data firm, which does some modeling, because we don't have heavy party registration voting in Arkansas, they they think based on past voting patterns that the early vote is is heavily Republican, sixty percent Republican. If it's if it's that in the second district, Joyce Elliott loses. That's just all there is to it. Other polling shows that it's a dead heat, and and I hope that's true. And we'll just we'll just have to see. That's where a young vote, particularly, could be very helpful to her. But, you know, I just don't I just don't know. Gosh, they're spending just a fortune attacking her, uh, both in French Hill's own ads and in, in, in dark money ads. And whether, you know, just attacking her as a liberal and a radical and a tax and spender, will that work? I, I don't know. I think she's taken the right course to emphasize the positive and her humble roots and her past as a teacher. And but. But I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, you're rarely disappointed if you expect the worst in Arkansas politics. <laughs> well, and and you're not one to uh, no, no, no. be so optimistic. Not. But are, are there any other races that you're holding out hope for, whether it's a good outcome, well, school board? Well, kind, or, of the, kind of the canary in the coal mine for the future of Arkansas for me this year. And, and they're always ones I get fixated on sometimes for not good reasons. But I'd have to say it's a Senate District 12 race in South Arkansas, where you've got a guy that has nothing to recommend him except dishonest, low blow, crappy male ads who wore a KKK robe in high school and wasn't very sorry about it at the time against an absolutely decent, competent, fair, democratic senator named Bruce Mallet. If Charles Beckham wins that race, then 
we just might as well hang it up. We need to find someplace else to live because this state is hopeless. So that so that's one. You know, I, I, I once again have irrational exuberance about the quality of some Democratic legislative candidates. I, I think there's uh, there's oh at least three in Pulaski County that have worked very hard, have good messages. And furthermore, run against just some terrible Republicans. And I hope for them. You know, I think an, another race that is another canary in the coal mine race is Megan Godfrey's race for re-election in Springdale. You know, a hard-working, accomplished legislator, Bill's Bridges, running against just a total dip named Jed Duggar, who the only thing he has going for him in addition to his dishonest advertising, is the Duggar name, which in certain circles is big, but in others perhaps not so big. And so there's there's that race. Then there's some really great candidates in Benton County where there has been a 77 increase in the in the percentage increase in the number of young voters voting in the early voting. And there's apparently been a heck of an organizing effort up there by somebody that's one name one familiar to me, but was mentioned in a, in a tweet to me. And there is this thing that Walmart is bringing in younger people from all over the country who are not brought up in that, you know, that Neanderthal stew of the, of the Hesters and, and those sorts of in the, in the Duggars and all the rest up there. And so there, there are a couple of really good candidates up there, you know, and so I guess if, 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 I mean, the Democrats are not going to take control of either the House or the Senate, it won't even be close, but they've had elections where they haven't, they've lost steadily. They, and, and the Republicans have built their supermajority. I think if, if, if they could just pick up four or five seats, that would be just an enormous, an enormous victory. And I, I'm not predicting that's going to happen, but on the strength of the quality of the candidates and the effort against their opponents, it should happen. But again, this is Arkansas. So. So do you think it's likely that we're going to, to know the outcome of significant elections on election night? I don't know. I mean, it, it just, it really depends on how the swing states swing. Uh, you know, Philadelphia's, I mean, Pennsylvania is going to be a mess and Pennsylvania is often critical. It was critical for Trump in 2016. And I think there's something like a million absent mail votes there. There's no way they can get them counted election day completely. And Trump has tried to set up this narrative that says the votes must be counted election day and anything after that doesn't count. Now that's utter crap. That's not the case. In every election, in every state in the country, there's sometimes there are malfunctions, there are big stacks of ballots to hand count, all kinds of things happen. You are not guaranteed an election outcome on election night, but but he will go to court and they're and they're prepared to challenge some decisions in Pennsylvania and I guess North Carolina and maybe or maybe not North Carolina, but in Wisconsin, where they're going to be able to count ballots under current court rulings, 
that arrive after Election Day if they've been postmarked in time. Well, Republicans are going to try and challenge that, and then we come to the Supreme Court where Trump has four solid supporters on the Supreme Court, and everybody expects Amy Barrett to come in and give him whatever he needs to get elected. He's more or less asked him on Twitter to deliver. It's just imp- improper. Is it a isn't a good enough ad- adjective for it? It's it's so disgusting. But so I just don't know. Uh, but you know, if if for example, they get the vote counted sufficiently in Texas and Georgia and a miracle of miracle occurs, Biden carries those states, well, then I think there might there's a path toward a sure enough outcome that, that even Trump can't upset it. And then we might have a good idea election night of where it's going to go. But, you know, they're just so, Florida is going to be crazy. Uh, Arizona looks like it's going to go Democratic, but they're, but you have to understand that Republicans are at work in all these states doing everything they can to confuse people, to suppress votes, to get votes disqualified. And this battle is going to go on until it's over. And so I, I just don't know. I think we'll have a I think we'll have a decision in Arkansas election night, by, by the way. That that it just won't be good. That's that's all. It won't be a surprise. Okay, well, let's leave it there and move on to endorsements. What do you got this week? Oh, you know, I'm sorry. I just, I don't have anything. I've just been, I've been worrying all week. That's all. So I'm, I'm making a, I'm making a piece of the night. I find, you know, making dough from scratch and watching it rise is kind of a therapeutic process. So I guess I, and apparently I'm not alone in this. I saw something on TV last night that the sales of flour is up like 3,000%. And I noticed this the other day, I went to the store to get some King Arthur bread flour and, they, and there wasn't any. I thought they're out of flour. Oh yeah, that's a thing. And so anyway, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, this isn't new, but uh, I just making this pizza dough and kneading it, I realized, I mean, how much I like to make yeast bread and dough. So, so I, I endorse that. It's uh and it doesn't have to be terribly unhealthy if you can not slather too much stuff on it after you make it. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, well, in addition to Arkansas Times, I'm also the editor of uh, our company's Bike Arkansas magazine. Uh, in, until fairly recently, I did not regularly ride a bike, but I inherited a couple mountain bikes. My kids both got mountain bikes this year for their birthdays. So we've been going out and riding, and uh, I'm writing about the new monument trail, the Pinnacle Mountain uh, State Park. So I've taken them a couple times uh, to check them out, and they're they're really fun. And uh, it's a great addition to our park system, and uh, there's some some pretty significant additions that are coming uh, near near Pinnacle at River Mountain Park and Two Rivers mm-hmm. Park, and uh, it's cool that we're getting some some nice mountain bike trails so so this trail you're riding is it is is it what are the inclines like pretty significant uh so my youngest son has a bike with 20 inch wheels which you would recognize as kind of a kid bike and he's six he's very game and pretty athletic but he has to walk quite a bit um um, i have tried to learn a little bit about trail building and uh, in that, you, you can't have a constant incline or decline because of erosion and, and water runoff. So 
even if you're going up, you're kind of going up and down all the time. Um, it's a it's a workout though. Well, that's I mean that's not a bad thing. I just kind of just kind of curious curious about that. By the way, this is off the topic, but I'm gonna inject it because I want to ask: Did the Democrat Gazette write about that those trails? Did I miss it? Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I, I didn't think I saw a story about it. It's a pretty big deal. I thought. I'm pretty sure I saw the reporter there, but I maybe I missed it. Well, yeah. maybe I maybe maybe they put it in the sports section or something. I don't know. Anyway, no no big deal. I was I was uh, well. I won't get into the newspaper war, but that three pages they devoted today to the Tucker uh, Carlson interview with uh, Bobolinsky or whatever his name is was uh, that was one of the stranger decisions of of recent times. But yeah, well, and it accompanied this new ad that they're running that's like. We clearly mark our opinion and news. <laughs> sort of. A yeah. Problem. Well, they marked an opinion, but I mean, I don't know what you know. It's it was it was garbage, is what it was. But anyway, I right. I, I, I think it's too late for Bob Alinsky to help help Trump much one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Stay safe, and we'll all uh, hold our breath together, and hopefully, be back with. Uh, some good news. Good news next week for a change. See you later. Yeah.